Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by old Present Raise the Roof. We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to the Housing for the Aged Action Group show Raise the Roof here on 3CR 855am. My name's Shane, uh, today I am alone in the studio, uh, none of my co-hosts could make it, uh, so if you're looking forward to that trademark hag banter, uh, I'm sorry to say there'll be no arguing this time, uh, this is going to be a half hour of nothing but uh, completely correct and sincere opinions uh, and better music than you used to because often... Uh, I'm forced to let my co-host choose the songs. We won't be subjected to anything like that this week. Uh, and I have no doubt that uh, it will be a better show for it. Uh, sorry, if, <laughs> I don't mean it. Come back. Um, this week, uh, I'm going to speak to Judy Duff. Or I did speak to Judy Duff, and I'm about to play you the interview. Um, Judy is a HAG member, and she's the chairperson of the Manufactured Home Owners Association of Victoria, uh, an organisation of... Uh, people who live in residential parks. And you've heard us talk recently about the uh, roundtable that we co-organized for residential park residents. So it was a good time to uh, get Judy on and talk about that group and some of the issues in that that kind of living. And uh, I hope that you'll find this uh, interesting and informative and maybe something that you want to get involved in yourself. So here comes Judy. Um, thanks for joining us today, Judy. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks, Jane. Are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, so the listeners have heard me on this show bang on a fair bit about residential parks, but you're someone who actually lives in a residential park. So I wanted to start by just asking if you could uh, t- tell us and tell the listeners like a, a bit about what's that, what that's like. What's the, the place that you live like? Um, the, the actual village is quite nice. We have um, a swimming pool, um, bowling green. We have a gymnasium. Um, we have a communal centre, um, so the home, the facilities are quite good. Um, I'd say excellent, actually. Um, I have seen other villages, and comparably, we're do, we're not doing too bad. And what about the the like the dwelling that you actually live in, your unit? What's that okay, like? Okay, so we're in a two bedroom prefabricated relocatable home. Mm-hmm. It has a family room, dining room, kitchen area. We have a large site. We have, I think it's one of the biggest sites in the village, actually. Mm-hmm. And we've improved the site by adding a second driveway. We've got an extra parking area. And the outside has a large entertainment area. So we're quite comfortable. We've made it our own home. That's great. So uh, can you tell us a bit about, like, how you came to move in there? Like, what, what, where had you lived before? How long ago did you move in? Sort of that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, we moved in the manufactured home village in Kilmore in 2013. That's about 10 years ago. Mm. Um, before moving into the village, we had a beautiful 26-square metricon home in Craigieburn. 
we had no debts, we didn't know anybody anything, owned all our cars and had no you know, no problems as far as that was concerned. Um, felt we were still young enough to maintain the property mm-hmm. and maybe later on would need some assistance as we aged. Um, so that was the reason we decided to um, look around. And the other reason was my husband's from Scotland. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any family in Australia. And I felt that if anything happened to me, at least by being in a village, he would have made some friends. So we'd have people around him who we could associate with if I wasn't around. Mm-hmm. So that was the other reason for moving in as well. Okay. So, I mean, you've, you've talked about some of the obviously good things about the, the place that you live. Um, we'll get into some of the, the problems, I guess, in a little bit. But um, you, so you were involved in setting up the, the Victorian Manufactured Home Owners Association. Um, tell us about that group. Like, what, uh, Why did you decide to, to start setting it up and uh, how did you go about it and what's the group doing now? Okay, well, originally there were three of us um, who were all members of the Residential Tennessee Commissioner's Advisory Group. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of us um, set up a working party to compare manufactured home village legislation for all the states and found that Victoria was way behind in residential protections. We don't have a lot of protections in Victoria um, compared to the other states. We realised there was an urgent need for some form of association. As Honestly, nobody knows how many villages there are in Victoria, and no one, actually, including government, and no one actually has any idea um, how quickly how quickly they're actually sprouting up around the place. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've talked on this show a fair bit about the, some of the problems uh, when residential parks close down, but I guess that's the flip side that we haven't talked about so much is that actually they're they're popping up everywhere. That it's it's a, definitely an expanding industry. Yeah, and they're sold. Um, they're sold on the um, proviso that they're a relocatable home. If you're not happy, you can always split it in half, take it away, and um, you know put it on another site, which is technically wrong. Um, they are relocatable, um, but you've got to try and get them out, and the infrastructure's not um, made for big trucks to come in and you know move them. Um, also, in 2016. A uh, estimate was given for to remove one of the homes, and it was thirty thousand dollars just to relocate the home. Yeah. That cost included labour, but it, um, to dismantle it, and then you had additional costs on top of that yeah. to reconstruct the home. And then it took about four weeks to actually reconstruct it and put it onto another site that you had to actually buy and and put the home on. Yeah. Um, and during those four weeks, you'd need to find somewhere to live. So the cost was just too much you'd, there's no way you'd be able to relocate one of these homes yeah and i mean you, you sort of alluded to that then but the other problem that we've come across when people have tried to relocate them is that there's not just empty sites waiting around for someone to come and pop a, a, a manufactured home on them yeah so, you're right jane uh, and the other thing are that these standards uh, these homes are not made to the building standards for outside on a on a private block mm-hmm. so you would have to bring them up to the standards mm-hmm yeah, so, I mean, a, a whole lot of problems. So yeah, I, I guess sorry. that's a, a good time to ask you, like, what what are the biggest issues as you see it or as the group sees it for residential park residents? I think the, the, major, the major one is the protections for residents. Um, we've just done a um, submission to um, on elderly abuse and, look, a lot of it is um, not... I don't think they understand that they're actually um, abusing the elderly... But some of the stuff that 
um, and the things that are said to the elderly is a psychological has a psychological effect on them, the way they treat them, the things that they say to them. And I'm talking about just simple things like going to management about some some problem with that you'd like them to look into and being told, well, if you don't like it, pack your bags and leave, you know. Mm. Um, that is just psychological abuse, and I think that needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed urgently. They do need protections in Victoria for, for the elderly. Uh, is that the, the main issue that the group's working on at the moment, or are there others? Oh, no, there's other issues as well. There's, um, uh, we'd like to see the, um, the legislation changed, for protections. We'd also like to see the DMF, um, the deferred management fees, looked at as well. That's something that um, people don't understand when they actually sign their document. We'd like a standardised lease. I think a standardised lease, that's how it all started in the first place mm-hmm. on the residents. Um, when I was on the Residential Tenancy Commissioners group, um, I brought up about standard leases that I believed we should have them in Victoria. And uh, yeah, that's how it all started. So I think standardised leases are very important. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that, you know, if you're a renter in Victoria, there's a standard lease with prescribed terms that you have to be offered. If you're a rooming house resident, there's a, a, a prescribed lease with standard terms that you have to be offered. But if you move into a residential park, then the owners just come up with the agreement themselves. And that, that can produce all kinds of, you know, sorry, I don't mean to take over the interview, but I guess no, 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 the, fine. the two yeah. kinds of problems we see with that at, at HAG um, on the one hand, you see uh, agreements that have been drafted by lawyers that are very complicated, um, often quite unfair to the resident in ways that they never really understood because, you know, fancy law firms have, have drafted them in, in ways that are designed to be, you know, quite unfavourable for residents. Um, but on the other hand, we also see people who've moved into residential parks where, you know, the owner is just some guy and he came up with the agreement himself and it doesn't really cover any of the things that it, it should cover or that people exactly. would need to know about. Um, I went up to a village for a visit um, a couple of weeks ago and asked them could I have just a quick look at their lease to see what was in it. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, a, a... I could have done it on the on the computer. It was just a, a, a basic thing. It had nothing in there to tell them what they were actually covered under. Mm-hmm. There was no tenure on there whatsoever, so they had no, no um, security as far as if the owner decided to sell or do whatever. They had no tenure or anything on their lease and... I was appalled that they, at least we've got a 99-year lease here. Mm. Um, those people have nothing on theirs. Yeah, so really strange variations in the in the protections that people have. I mean, a, another thing that we see a lot is that in the, even in the same park or the same village, there are, are many different kinds of contracts that have been offered to people at different times. And often it, it seems very unfair to residents that, you know, the conditions that I, I have in my contract are much worse than the conditions that you have in your contract. And the fees. The fees in some villages, and I've only found this out recently because since the MOA, um, HOA has been um, formed, we've been able to talk to other villages about different things. We have contact with them now that we didn't have before. And a lot of the villages have different fees and their next door neighbour could be paying um, their monthly fees at a certain rate and the, ne- and the person next door is paying completely different fees, which is really wrong. Yeah, and I mean the same thing with exit fees, which you mentioned, like DMFs, that yeah. you'll see parks where one person is going to pay 40% of the sale price when they leave and another person doesn't have to pay any exit fee at all. Exactly, yeah. It's just, it's just everything's just so... I think because these parks were around since 1970 and they were under the Caravan Act, mm. um, that nothing, 
no legislation has actually covered them specifically. Mm -hmm. So they really need to be defined as who they are, what they are, and what fees and so forth they should be under, rather than have it all um, just all thrown into the one legislation. And it's just a mix-mash mix of all different legislations together. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right that, you know, the, the legislation that covers them now sort of evolved from more, more regular caravan park type legislation and doesn't really uh, cover a lot of the issues that are important when we're talking about, you know, like a, a major asset that people have bought outright and own uh, and doesn't really seem that it should be treated the same way as other kinds of, of rental property. And then do we own them in the end? I mean, when you've got... Um I'll give you a scenario. We had a uh, thing in here where we got a letter to say that we had to paint the fronts of, fronts of our um, properties. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that, you know, we need to maintain them so that they're well, they're attractive and the place doesn't look like a, a dump. But the point um, was uh, that they sent this out and said that we had to use their trades to do it. We weren't allowed to use family or friends to do it because they wouldn't do a proper job and they wanted it done specifically so they sent out a, a letter telling us what the costs and so forth and so on would be to paint our homes. And my husband had just finished painting ours. Ours was already completed and done. Um, so, you know, that mm -hmm. to me is, um, you know, it's just not right that people tell you what to do with your own home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so recently, uh, HAG, along with the Office of the Commissioner for Residential Tenancies, organised a, a forum, a roundtable about residential parks for residents to come and talk about, uh, you know, their experiences, good and bad. Uh, you participated along with a, a number of other members of the Manufactured Homes Homeowners Association. How did you find the, the roundtable? Um, I found it very informative. Um, as I said, I've been able to speak to a lot of people recently about their problems in their parks and so on and that round table was actually two years in the in the making i i was so pleased that it actually eventuated because being on the um, residential tenancy commissioner's advisory group our our small group was always pushing to have something like that done and it um heather listens to what we have to say she's very good in that respect um, she likes the feedback from the people on her advisory group. Um, and, yeah, and it resulted in the roundtable conference. And I think Hag and, and the Commissioner did a very, very good job of that, that everyone um, that I've spoken to afterwards and had feedback from have stated that they thought it was a great idea, um, that their voices had never been heard before and this was the first time anybody's ever listened to them. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great to hear. Um, I thought that the, the event went really well. You know, we had about 70 residents come along to a Zoom meeting, including, you know, quite a lot of people who'd never used Zoom before or hadn't used it very much. And I, I think it was really good to see so many different residents being able to express their, their experiences and their views and what sort of changes they, they want to see. Yeah, because it, um, in, the commissioners and so forth don't want to hear from one person or two people. They want to hear from the residents themselves they need to hear what their feelings are and what their problems are. Rather than hear it from me on, a, on an advisory group, mm. they're able to hear it from their mouths, and I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. If you hear it from one person, it might be a sad story, but if you hear the, the same thing from, from 50 or 100 people, then you know it's it's not just an individual who's got a problem, it's, it's something systemic that needs to be changed. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, yeah. so speaking of needs for change, what are some specific changes that you'd like to see either the government or the industry make um, to address some of those big issues that you've talked about? 
well, I'd like, as I said, the protections would be a great one. Um, Queensland have protections for um, their residents in their in the Act, and I think it needs to be defined in the Act as to, um, you know, the protections that we get. Um, what sort of protections would you like to see introduced? Okay, we need to adopt the where um, park owners to respect the rights of a mm -hmm. homeowner and other residents. Mm -hmm. That's 104 of the um, manufactured home village legislation in Queensland. Mm -hmm. We also need to have a section in there that allows us to jointly um, be able to go to VCAT with a dispute rather than one person who feels intimidated by um, lawyers and so forth when they go to VCAT um, go on their own. We could go as a group. Victoria doesn't have that legislation. If we take something to VCAT, we need to take it individually um, rather than as a group. Yeah, and that, that produces problems, obviously. You know, this is maybe it's just stating the obvious, but, you know, for a regular renter, that's probably fine because, you know, you, you live in a house that you rent from an individual landlord. But if your issue is about, you know, a rent increase or a policy or a, a park rule or something that affects, you know, dozens or hundreds of people in a particular park, uh, it makes sense that the outcome of a hearing should, should apply across the board. And they're two legislations that Queensland already have. That's why we found that um, a lot of the other states actually have better pr protections for their uh, residents than what we do in Victoria, and that's what we need to adopt. Yeah, I was talking to some workers up in Queensland just last week, and they were, were quite surprised to hear that they, they see that in most areas, uh, Victoria has, has better legislation to protect you know, tenants and, and renters and things like that. And we're quite surprised to hear that in this one particular area, they're, they're well ahead of us. Mm, yeah. Um, and I agree with you. Victoria does have better renting, uh, rental reform that's just gone through, actually, a lot of it. Mm. But um, the village area's been left um, isolated, I think. We've been to um, a lot of inquiries and put in submissions after submissions. We've done all sorts of things to try and get our voices heard. But we've been neglected. I feel we've been neglected. We really have not had anyone listen to us until recently. Yeah. The um. Well, can you tell us about like the the MHOA? What what are the? How often do you meet? Like, what are the meetings like? And how can people get involved if they're they're wanting to follow up on some of this stuff? Okay. Well, we have a meeting once a month, and that's on the Wednesday, the first Wednesday of each month. Uh, at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's through Zoom, mm -hmm. um, uh, via Zoom, I should say. Um, and if they want to contact us, um, we've got a post office box 427 in Kilmore, Victoria, 3764, or their phone number is 0431 347 797, or they can al also contact us by email on info at gmail.com and uh, we'll put that email address in the show notes on the 3CR website if people want to check it that way uh, and I'll give out that phone number again at the end of the show if people do want to go and get a, a pen and paper or something like that so they can uh, write it down um, okay. I think that's just about everything that I wanted to talk to you about today is there anything else that you wanted to tell the listeners yeah um, our association with HAG has been absolutely fantastic I'd like to give you guys a good pat on the back um, You've actually assisted us, and we've started off with nothing. We had no money. Um, our post office box was only recently put together because um, 
both myself and one of the other members um, donated some money to to get that up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, Harg has done all our printing for us. They've, they've actually assisted us in every single way possible to get our association up and running. And we've, you know, I, I'd like to thank Fiona, yourself, and um, Fiona Waters for all the work that you have done. I think you're fantastic. Oh, that's great to hear. I, I mean, I do have to say, like, it's a, a strong principle at Hag that the real experts on older people's housing issues are always older people themselves. And so we're extremely happy to have been able to support you and to support anyone else who's interested in organising about their, their own experiences and their own issues so that uh, they can find other people in similar situations. And the one thing about our association is we have the lived experience. We're in these situations. So people talking to us feel like they can talk to us about the situation because we're actually living it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, All right. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Judy. Uh, I'll let you go and we'll hear some community service announcements. Okay. Thank you very much, Shane. Have you heard of long COVID? If you or someone you know have had COVID-19, You may still experience symptoms weeks or months later. There are many symptoms of long COVID, but the most frequent are extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, and muscle aches and joint pains. Anyone can experience long COVID, including children. You can find information in your language on the Health Translations website, healthtranslations.vic.gov.au. Just type long COVID as a keyword. A 3CR supporter. Spark is an independent, volunteer-run bookshop, gallery, music and community space in Northcote, Nam, dedicated to creativity, learning and liberation. Black Spark is a space for the entire community, free of charge, hosting art, music and literary events. To keep Black Spark free, open and accessible to everybody, we need your help. We are calling for your support for our rent fundraiser to keep our doors open into the coming years. With your support, We can continue to host book and exhibition launches, art auctions, fundraisers, music gigs and facilitate opportunities and growth for emerging artists and grassroots communities. For more information, visit Keep Black Spark Alive on chuffed.com or check out Black Spark on all the socials. Keep Black Spark Alive! A 3CR supporter. Uh, you're still listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show on 3CR, 8.55am uh, with Shane. Uh, sadly, my co-host not with me this week. Um, I wanted to mention that we're coming up to Seniors Week, which starts, I think, October 2nd, early October. Um, people probably know that's a, a week of free public transport for seniors cards holders with a lot of uh, events, uh, including a lot of events that HAG is organising that you might want to uh, have a look at. So you can find out about all of our Seniors Week events on the HAG website, which is oldertenants.org.au. There's going to be a combination of, uh, what do you call it, in-person events and online events. So some things that uh, will suit you if you prefer to meet in person, some things that will suit you better if you prefer, if you're happy meeting online. Um, 
One that's very relevant to what we were talking about with Judy is uh, a session on the 4th of October about retirement housing and ombudsman's uh, online information session. Um, dispute resolution, Judy did uh, touch on this, uh, but dispute resolution has been a big problem for a lot of people in retirement housing and HAG has been part of a strong push for a retirement housing ombudsman uh, over the last few years. So that's a, an information session about how that campaign's going and what uh, our prospects are, what we expect to see in the near future. Um, the most exciting sounding session for me is the one about art, activism and affordable housing, which I think will be an in-person session on the 10th of October. Uh, there is a session about access, accessing affordable housing for older people, uh, sessions about older LGBTI plus people's housing specifically, um, including a session for older LGBTI people themselves, but also for uh, community service workers in the sector who uh, support older LGBTI people. Um, so lots of cool stuff coming up. Uh, I hope that some of you will, will come along to some of those events and find out more about what HAG's doing and how you can get involved or how we can support you. Speaking of supporting you, uh, you can get in touch with us if you are an older person in Victoria with a housing issue or an interest in getting more involved in some of our campaigns. So if you are uh, living in Victoria, you're over 50, you want to talk to someone about a housing problem that you have or uh, just get some information about what your options might be, uh, the best number to call is 1300 765 178. That number again is 1300 765 178. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us about some of the, the broader policy stuff, uh, the best number is 9654 7389. Uh, again, that's 9654 7389. Um, if you want to check us out online, you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, like I said, our website is oldertenants.org.au. Um, their number is 0431 347 797. Uh, I'll post that in the show notes as well if you want to take a look there. Um, that number again is 0431 347 797. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that if you're interested in seeing Undercover, the feature documentary about older women's housing and homelessness that we talked about on the show uh, last time, there is uh, some screenings coming up. Uh, you can see that movie uh, at a bunch of cinemas nationwide in Victoria. There are screenings scheduled at Classic Cinemas Elstonwick, at the Lido in Hawthorne, at Cameo Cinemas Belgrave, Cinema Nova in Carlton, and pretty much my local cinema, Palace Westgarth. So if you want to see the movie, uh, check out the website for more details uh, about where exactly it's screening. Uh, that's undercoverdocumentary.com uh, forward slash watch. Uh, you can find out where all of those screenings will be taking place. Um, I just want to give a couple of thank yous and shout outs before we finish up. So I want to give a shout out to Tristan Dang. Uh, if you're listening, uh, you've been laid up for a while uh, with an injury. I hope that you'll be uh, back at work and back at it all soon. Um, thanks very much uh, for your, all your hard work. Um, if you are, let's see, who else was I going to thank? Sorry, I've totally lost it. If Fiona was here, the look she would give me would be ferocious. So I'm happy for a moment to be alone in the studio. Uh, I wanted to thank uh, Judy for her time today. I want to thank the other members of the Manufactured Homeowners Association of Victoria, uh, both for the work that that group does in general and for their uh, support of our uh, roundtable. I want to thank the Office of the Commissioner for Residential Tenancies uh, for co-organising the roundtable with us uh, and hopefully for some more work that the two organisations will be doing together 
the organization, the department, whatever. You, I'm not sure, quite sure. Is the commissioner an organization? I don't know. Um, but uh, the last people that I should thank is all of you for listening. So we are just about out of time for this uh, episode. We're back on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. Uh, Going to leave you, as promised, with a better than average uh, song. Uh, please do not call the station if you disagree because I will just uh, be disappointed in your, your poor taste. Uh, but we're going to leave you with Beyonce. Uh, this is Cozy. Uh, thank you for listening and talk to you soon. This a reminder.